fact that some of the remains share distinctive, genetically determined features all indicate that the Crapina bones approximate the remains of a single population of Neanderthals. As often happens in the fossil record, the best preserved remains at Crapina are teeth because the high mineral content of teeth protects them from degradation. Fortunately, teeth are also one of the best skeletal elements for determining age at death which is achieved by analyzing surface wear and age-related changes in their internal structure. In 1979, before I began my research into the evolution of grandparents, Milford Wolpoff of the University of Michigan at Ann Arbor published a paper based on dental remains that assessed how old the Crapina Neanderthals were when they died. Molar teeth erupt sequentially. Using one of the fastest eruption schedules observed in modern-day humans as a guide, Wolpoff estimated that the first, second, and third molars of Neanderthals erupted at ages that rounded to 6, 12, and 15, respectively. Where, from chewing accumulates at a steady pace over an individual's lifetime, so when the second molar emerges, the first already has six years of wear on it, and when the third emerges, the second has three years of wear on it. Working backward, one can infer, for instance, that a first molar with 15 years of wear on it belonged to a 21-year-old Neanderthal. A second molar with 15 years of wear on it belonged to a 27-year-old, and a third molar with 15 years of wear on it belonged to a 30-year-old. These estimates have an uncertainty of plus or minus one year. This wear-based serration method for determining age at death, adopted from a technique developed by dental researcher A. E. W. Miles in 1963, works best on samples with large numbers of juveniles, which Crapina has in abundance. The method loses accuracy when applied to the teeth of elderly individuals, whose tooth crowns can be too worn to evaluate reliably and in some cases may even be totally eroded. Wolpoff's work indicated that the Crapina Neanderthals died young. In 2005, a few years after I began researching the evolution of longevity, I decided to take another look at this sample using a novel approach. I wanted to make sure that we were not missing older individuals as a result of the inherent limitations of wear-based serration. Working with Yakov Radovich of the Croatian Natural History Museum in Zagreb, Stephen Goldstein, Jeffrey Megank, and Dana Began, all at Michigan, and undergraduate students from Central Michigan University, I developed a new non-destructive method using high-resolution three-dimensional microcomputed tomography to reassess how old the Crapina individuals were when they died. Specifically, we looked at the degree of development of a type of tissue within the tooth called secondary dentin. The volume of secondary dentin increases with age and provides a way to assess how old an individual was at death when the tooth crown is too worn to be a good indicator. Our initial findings, supplemented with scans provided by the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig, corroborated Wolpoff's results and validated the wear-based seriation method. The Crapina Neanderthals had remarkably high mortality rates. No one survived past age 30. This is not to say that Neanderthals across the board never lived beyond 30. A few individuals from sites other than Crapina were around 40 when they died. By today's standards, the Crapina death pattern is unimaginable. 
After all, for most people age 30 is the prime of life, and hunter-gatherers lived beyond 30 in the recent past. Yet the Kropina Neanderthals are not unique among early humans. The few other human fossil localities with large numbers of individuals preserved, such as the approximately 600,000-year-old Cima de los Huesos site in Atapuerca, Spain, show similar patterns. The Cima de los Huesos people had very high levels of juvenile and young adult mortality, with no one surviving past 35, and very few living even that long. It is possible that catastrophic events or the particular conditions under which the remains became fossilized somehow selected against the preservation of older individuals at these sites. But the broad surveys of the human fossil record, including the material from these unusually rich sites and other sites containing fewer individuals that my colleagues and I have conducted, indicate that dying young was the rule.